0: Audio. Welcome to Truth Tribe with Doug Grodeis, where we seek the truth about the things that matter most to reason and evidence. Today I'd like to read an abbreviated review of the film. Freud's last session, a longer version, was published at the Worldview Bulletin. I hope you will subscribe to the Worldview Bulletin. I'm a regular contributor, along with Chris Reese. Paul Gould, Melissa Kane, travis and others. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Few people have shaped the 20th century's understanding of Christianity more than its opponent, Sigmund Freud, and his advocate, C.S. Lewis. Lewis, an adult convert from atheism, made his career as an Oxford Don, but later became a Christian apologist, and quite well known. Freud developed a revolutionary psychological theory called psychoanalysis, which established his career, started a movement, and ensured his titanic influence on Western thought. But he employed that theory against religion, calling it neurotic In 2003, Armin Nikolai published The Question of God. C.S. Lewis and Sigmund Freud debate God, Love, Sex, and the Meaning of Life. Alas, the film does not reach its level of fairness or rigor. Freud's last session is an ambitious effort to that end, however. The film is rich in substantial dialogue and a transcript is available online, but it does not perfectly fit the spoken words of the film. The historical premise of the film is clever if unlikely. Freud who had recently escaped to England from Nazi Germany in 1939 summons C.S. Lewis to his apartment. Lewis, who is about 40 at the time, complies and for most of one day he and Freud discuss their lives and world views. Freud's case against Lewis hinges on two claims. One, that religion is an illusion and two, the problem of evil. Religion according to Freud, is merely wish-fulfillment that represents one's inability to face the evils of life squarely, without some supernatural consolation. At one point, he says that Lewis should grow up and face the horrors of a godless world. He makes his case in his book, The Future of an Illusion. What philosophers call the problem of evil looms large throughout the film. In one exchange, Freud accuses Lewis of believing absurdity that there is a good God given all the evils in the world. Although he had not yet written The Problem of Pain, which was published in 1940, he had given this a great deal of thought, and he believed that Christianity had the best answer to suffering in the world. However, in the film, the Lewis character can only stumble through the difficulty of squaring an all-good and all-powerful God with all the evils of the world. The online screenplay has Lewis say the following after Freud is bothered that Lewis didn't know why he, Freud, had jaw cancer. The Lewis character says, and I don't pretend to. It's the most difficult question of all, isn't it? If God is good, he would make his creatures perfectly happy, but we aren't. So God lacks goodness or power or both. After this, in the film, Lewis says, I don't know, meaning I don't know if God lacks goodness or power or both, but this contradicts his argument in The Problem of Pain, in which Lewis affirmed both God's goodness and power. This addition of I don't know is grossly inaccurate to Lewis's thought and makes him look bad. The online transcript does not contain I don't know at this point. However, Lewis's following statement does fit his approach, and I'm reading from the online transcript. What if God wants to perfect us through suffering, make us realize that real happiness, eternal happiness, can only come through Him? If pleasure is His whisper, pain is His megaphone. And this is true to what Lewis says in The Problem of Pain. Freud, however, is unimpressed, and says that the little church-going Hitler would agree, which is no counter-argument, but only guilt by incorrect association. The interaction over religion between Freud and Lewis ends at best as a stalemate. Neither man convinces the other, but both feel the force of the other's objections. Freud claims that Lewis really lacks trust in God because of the panic attack Lewis experiences with Freud during an air raid drill. Lewis looks ashamed. Freud doesn't seem to give an inch intellectually, but at a scene near the end of the film, is telling. Freud told Lewis that he did not like the music played on the radio because it reminded him of church music. He would only turn it on to get updates about the war with Germany that was brewing. But after Lewis leaves, we find Freud listening to the radio, to hear a report and then leaving on the music, something Lewis notices. Whatever merits the film might have as a film, it is at best suggestive of a debate between atheism and Christianity. But it does not present a strong debate. The strong-willed and sometimes bombastic Freud comes off stronger than the rather insipid and unrealistically portrayed Lewis character. But Freud's written case against Christianity is weak indeed. Consider his two lines of attack. First, the idea that Christianity is an illusion because it merely projects an idealistic idea of a father onto a godless universe has been refuted repeatedly. Simply because we desire X strongly is no evidence that X does not exist. Rather, it might be evidence that X does exist. In the film, Lewis is not given adequate room to develop this idea. Lewis did develop his argument from yearning, in his famous essay, The Weight of Glory. We all experience a deep sense of yearning or longing for something that the present natural world cannot fulfill, something transcendently glorious. In his autobiography, Lewis recounts several experiences of this throughout his life, in which he sensed something wonderful beyond his grasp. These were fleeting, but invaluable moments, which he called the experience of joy, They were not encounters with God and did not directly result in his conversion. Instead, they were indicators that the everyday world was not a self-enclosed system. A light from beyond would sometimes peek through the shadow lens. This thirst, which is intensified by small tastes of transcendence, indicates the possibility of fulfillment, and now I'm quoting Lewis, Creatures are not born with desires unless satisfaction for those desires exists. A baby feels hunger. Well, there is such a thing as food. A duckling wants to swim. Well, there is such a thing as water. Men feel sexual desire. Well, there is such a thing as sex. If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. If none of my early pleasures satisfy it, That does not prove that the universe is a fraud. Probably, earthly desires were never meant to satisfy it, but only to arouse it, to suggest the real thing. Quote ends there. Second, Freud's attack on Christianity through the problem of evil has been met in various ways by Christian philosophers and apologists over the ages. Lewis' approach in the film was muted. But a careful reading of the problem of pain does much to address the matter rationally, although I part ways with Lewis's understanding of free will, given that I am a compatibilist on human agency, something he did not even consider as a possibility in that book. Nevertheless, the basic argument for Christianity, in light of the problem evil, should look something like this. One can construct such an argument by using material only from Lewis, but this can be supplemented by many other sources. Here's the argument. There is good evidence for the existence of a personal, moral, and infinite God from natural theology. That is, a God who is A. All-good and B. All-powerful. 2. God's goodness, specifically, is known through the moral argument for God, a version of which Lewis gave in Mere Christianity, and through God's saving actions in Jesus Christ, the historical dimension. 3. There is objective evil in the world. 4. Therefore, given one and two, for any evil God allows, there is a sufficient reason for that evil to occur, whether we know what that reason is or not. Freud's projection-objection-theism to fails, not only in its intrinsic logic, but because of the objective case for God's existence, based on evidence outside of human desires. My hope is that Freud's last session, will spark reasoned discussion about the existence of God, the problem of evil, and the identity of Jesus Christ, and the moral evaluation of human sexuality. But as a balanced discussion of these issues, it fails. Most Reluctant Convert, a film in 2021, is a far better understanding of the religious ideas of C.S. Lewis and how he came to them through reasoned reflection and life circumstances. Better still, simply read Freud's critique of religion, particularly The Future of an Illusion, and C.S. Lewis's Defense of Christianity, particularly Mere Christianity, in order to reach a knowledgeable perspective. And then keep reading, and refuse to rely on films, however good or bad, to form your basic worldview. This has been Doug Grotheis with Truth Tribe. Thank you for listening. If you like it, please share this with a friend.